giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm very excited to be here today with the one and only Tom Obarski. Hi, Ben. Hey, Tom. So welcome to the podcast as a guest. Thanks, Ben. It's really awkward being on this side of the microphone. So despite Tom's desires, he is here uh, being recorded. Uh, <laughs> it's as true. A, as opposed to editing the recordings. As a punishment for not being able to find a better guest. I'm sorry, listeners. I wouldn't say it's like directly a punishment, <laughs> but when the idea was put out there, it seemed really fun. And the fact that you really didn't want to happen made it seem even more appealing. Uh, reticent is a good word for it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but you've had a po- you have a pod or you have had a podcast in the past? I have. Uh, my server just recently didn't get re-upped, so you can't search for it, but I did have one. Yeah. Okay, so you've you've been behind the mic. Yeah, you're not totally. No, no, no. <laughs> Your mic technique over there looks looks great. Thank you. You're doing a nice job with that over there. Yeah, <laughs> that part was less good. So, <laughs> I, I thought it would be cool to have you on uh, for a couple reasons uh, beyond just your own discomfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, I think it's interesting. I've always been interested in the behind the scenes kind of things for programs that I listen to or or am aware of. And so, I was wondering if you could start by telling us what happens after we record the podcast. After you record the podcast, it gets saved, sent to Dropbox. Eventually, I'll look at it. Um, I run it through a few equalization programs that I have. Okay. Um, shout out to Levelator. They yeah, do, I've used Levelator. They do a great job. It's a shame they're not actively developing that anymore, but it, it was a great program. Mm-hmm. And that just, what's that do? Uh, it basically scans through, kind of evens out all the levels. It's kind of running a background noise reduction filter and a limiter which basically brings the highs and the lows closer together. Gotcha. So like adding contrast. Well, I guess the Removing contrast, opposite I guess. of contrast from a photo. That makes sense because there are podcasts I listen to that seem to do- not do that. And there are times where I'm like, I can't hear this person. And then there are times <laughs> where it's like, I am now bleeding from the eardrums. Yeah. I tried to go through and remove as much ear bleeding as possible before it gets to the listener. Uh-huh. But... Not always. I, I do my best. So, so you do a couple automated things, and then you do some manual editing too, right? A fair amount, yeah, depending on the podcast and the guest and uh, just how eloquent anybody can be. Uh-huh. Taking out all these long pauses and um-um-um-um-ums when people aren't feeling their most confident. Yep. But, yeah, basically go through and we do minimal editing. So there's no real content being clipped for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's just making it as streamlined as possible because if i can save the listeners like five minutes off of a single podcast you know multiply that over several thousand people and that's days worth of free time that i've saved up totally yeah and so you've you've mentioned that you generally will edit until like you can listen through it and nothing jumps out at you yeah in fact i go through and i just kind of listen and make a cut before and um and after and um and just go through the whole podcast that way and then i have some hotkeys for my editing program, they just let me jump back two cuts, select the cut, and delete it. Jump back to select delete, jump back to select delete. Mm-hmm. And as long as my fingers don't get tripped up, it's just removing the ums, and then I'll go through and smooth it with any transitions or tighter cuts if needed. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to enough of the finished podcasts, but it's it's nice to know that that's happening because I have thrown my own fair share of ums <laughs> into the world, I'm sure. And it's great to have them just disappear before people hear them. Well, it's also great to know that if I miss a few, it's not going to be caught by you and I can just be lazy from here on out. <laughs> that's true. 
but everyone else can can jump on you or something. Fair enough. But I was talking to, to Tom Stewart last week, as I'm sure you're aware, because you edited it. Yep. Uh, about how I saw a live transcript of me me speaking on a podcast, and it was horrifying <laughs> and embarrassing. And I not only edited that one, but sat in on it as well. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You, oh no, I didn't. I wasn't there. I think you, you were in you Brooklyn. Uh, it was the first one when you were on your um, yeah yeah on my uh, your your runaway trip around the world. That's right. Yeah. So, what, do you remember what pod- podcast episode you joined Thoughtbot on, roughly? Uh, the one that I listened to right before my interview was right before Max Temkin from Cards Against Humanity. Okay. So, so you looks like you listened to eighty four Harper Reed. No, before nope. that. Before that, Seth Godin was the one that I listened to right before my interview nice there was about a month between that that's actually one of my favorite episodes me too that's the one i point out to people nice it's sad that i didn't edit that one so i can't be like here's my best work on this this podcast but it is yeah that's one of my favorite episodes as well yeah seth and i have uh continued a bit of a relationship after that which has been awesome because it was so interesting to talk to someone who was so upfront and honest and just like clear right from the start yeah it was like kind of shocking (laughs) <laughs> i think that actually is the common theme of like my favorite podcast guests are people that are just like willing to kind of put it all out there right away yeah and i it was just a really great conversation all around because there was deep references into the nature of art and how should this be maintained and how does it actually relate to a coding background and i was like this is not at all what i expected from yeah. a technology company <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally I feel like that, that's, that's kind of how it feels every time I talk to Seth. It's like, wow, there's just a lot of things in your head. And <laughs> Why aren't you recording all of them all right, the time? <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm going to remember that and repeat it to other people because that sounds awesome. Uh, so, okay. So you joined after Seth Godin, which is 80. By the way, if, one. You, if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend it. It's episode 81, uh, January in 2014. So you've been here for like 100 and... You've been here like 70. Mm-hmm. So you've added 70 of... I'm mo- coming up on 18 months here. So yeah. Wow. So 70 of this podcast, but this is this is not your only podcast. Good Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow... It's funny because I think you were... When you got hired, it was like, oh, we have this podcast and... Also, some video build stuff. phase, and then well, well, do we? I don't, I don't think build phase was around at the time, was it? Yeah. Okay, that was already a but thing. The yeah, I think the job description is still posted online somewhere. Oh, really? Uh huh. Nice, but I, I feel like your responsibilities have only grown exponentially. Yeah, they've at least doubled. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like yeah, we have like uh, one or two podcasts, and then every once in a while we put out a video. Well, one video a week, and then every once in a while a more in-depth workshoppy video thing. Yep. And now it's many podcasts. Four and a half. Okay. Because we have one that kind of just, we did a season of it and now it's on hiatus until we can find another host that wants to pick it up. That's the John Switching one? Yeah, Reboot. Reboot, that's right. That was called. So we just pulled up the blog post of the We're Hiring a Producer that I wrote this. Hey, I forgot the things I wrote. Yeah. That's good. And it worked. Uh, You responded and were awesome. Uh, I think you were by far the best candidate that responded, and so we were like, oh, "Let's hire you. this guy." <laughs> you were you were the first choice, so we didn't have to go down the list. Yeah, it was a quick turnaround. I was very pleased slash nervous, plenervous. Uh huh. That's not a word. Nervised. It, it was. <laughs> we actually struggled a little bit finding someone. Uh, or I would say we didn't get a ton of people responding. I think because like the skill set we were looking for is kind of all over the place. Very niche audio slash video background in both recording and editing and producing and you have to know what a podcast is which is 
not all that common right now. Mm. Yeah. So like it, it took some work to find people that wanted to do all those things. We, I think we kind of kept running into people that like had a lot of experience in one, but had no idea about the other. Like audio plus video seemed like a tough combination. It seems like most of the industry kind of segments. Yeah. Because, you know, you go to film school and you're like, I'm going to be X. I'm going to be a lighting person or mm-hmm. a camera person. And those jobs are very specialized. And so the people that they're the jack of all trades in the industry tend to either work in more independent just doing their own thing like yeah. they'll they'll start their own companies or what have you and the people that get really specialized get really really good at that and they network with other people that are kind of similar in that field and that's how they get jobs so at the time i had just been in los angeles for like eight years yeah and was just sick of traditional media uh-huh and kind of needed a reboot especially when my union editing healthcare turned from something that was just paid for because i had enough hours to the day after i didn't have enough hours to qualify for it well that will be fifteen hundred dollars a month if you want to keep <laughs> mm. yeah so you you previously you were in la yeah working on in in hollywood basically right yeah you can find my IMDb page if you look for yeah, it yeah i heard that's so cool you have an IMDb page it's a treasure trove of okay movies uh-huh and so you were doing like coloring on those or something? Again, worked for a small shop, so I was doing everything post-production okay. related. So everything from assistant editing to feature editing to color correction to some producerial work like interfacing with audio houses and doing finish tape outputs and web outputs. So a little bit of everything. None yeah. of those words mean anything. If it happened in an editing bay, I did it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, so... A, that's cool. You haven't. I think you're the only person at Thoughtbot with an IMDb page. So kudos to you. Also, I had a thought as you were speaking. I was like, <laughs> oh, we got a link to that page in the show notes, and I realized that like these will be the easiest show notes you've ever done. Yeah, they're, they're, I, they're I, all about you. My resume. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And by the way, that, that's another one of your responsibilities is you do the show notes after the fact and link for you, all those things. For, I, you got grandfathered in. I've yes. made every show since then do their own notes. Uh, awesome. I call it the build phase clause because they wanted to do their own notes, so I had an out. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, I continue to be the laziest person at Thoughtbot. And so, how. And, and that's how. why I'm here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so, yeah, so you did You did this thing. That I remember being kind of surprised, uh, or I remember you being surprised when you first joined here at how not sweatshoppy it was, I think. Mm, you kind of mm-hmm. kept being like, wait, we can go to lunch? Like, we go home at the end of the day? <laughs> I can buy things if I need them? Right. Yeah, it's very liberating compared to traditional media where a post-production job on a film will run anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day. They try to get you out in five days, but if you have a deadline, it's kind of a mandatory deadline. I don't know what happens if you don't hit it, but people get mad. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of like we we made a somewhat unreasonable promise and now you have to pay the, the penalty here. Yeah, and just like weekly release dates for television shows turns mm. up they still wind up showing up so our christmas break was like for christmas day and then you're back on like the 26th or 27th yikes oh and by the way next week you can't push by the two days that you took off because you now have to make up two days of work right totally um and it's even worse if you're on set it's minimum 12 hour days if you're on something that has like a lot of hair and makeup like Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll easily be there 14 hours if you're there all day. Brutal. Yeah. So this is a slightly better lifestyle. 
Oh, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like I kept feeling bad like at like how much we were throwing at you, and you just kind of kept being like, "No, this is you don't this understand. Is so easy. This is, this, is, this is cake." Although you probably feel a little bit less that way as we as your responsibilities keep growing. Yeah, I was too good up front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should have been just a little bit less confident. That would have been good. So you do a, a kind of a lot of things. So there's this podcast. There's mm-hmm. the other podcasts. Mm-hmm. We put out the weekly iteration on Upcase. Yep. And you do production work for this podcast. Like you get in touch with the guests and schedule them and make sure I'm not an idiot and forgot to record, uh, which <laughs> happens pretty much every single week. Like the, this whole podcast would go off the rails if you were not. Uh, it might together. go completely off the rails if I just took off like the 10 minute notification off the calendar links. <laughs> yes, Exactly. <laughs> Um, so you are the, the brains behind this operation for sure. Mm, thank you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, with the, the weekly iteration. And then there's other things too, like the workshops that we record for Upcase. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have been hard at work on our ThoughtBot YouTube channel. Yeah. Everybody likes these uh, extra videos that we've put together. Mm-hmm. So we have things from meetup sessions that we run, like the New York Emacs meetup. Uh, we do have a meetup here in Boston. A lot of the offices just like to have lightning talks and... There's some good content in there, but because we're spread across the entire world, not everybody can see them. So, you know, uh, I'll provide instruction to the people that if you want to record them, send them to me and I'll edit them and put them up for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. And it turns out like 3,000 other people, I think, our YouTube channel is up to now. Yeah, 3,200. Yeah, a little over that. They like to watch them too, and it just keeps growing every month. Yeah, there's half a million views at this point. And I remember you starting this like, hey, we should have a YouTube channel. I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Like, There was sure. one already, but it oh, had okay. like... Had nothing, right? Almost nothing. It had you against a green screen in a <laughs> uh, Halloween store quality smoking jacket. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Luckily, you can find that in the show notes at giantrobots.fm slash 158. <laughs> oh, man. I don't have to read the show notes now. Damn it. You're stealing my lines now. Mm. This is why I shouldn't let the producer, editor, video, <laughs> channel manager, AV person yeah. talk at all on the podcast. We also like to go to any of the conferences that a lot of us attend. We'll just bring along some recording equipment on the road. So you've heard live from RailsConf on both this podcast and now the bike shed. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally we'll do a video one of those. An AMA, which I should be setting up for right now, but we're doing a podcast instead. Uh-huh. AMA for Upcase subscribers, which yeah. I'll be doing in about an hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and an, some an other in the past for the people that hear this, <laughs> and you know, just some other videos like bloopers and. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with our blooper reels. <laughs> I think, and I mean, it's it kind of makes sense because like I find the blooper reels hilarious because it's all jokes that I made at the time, thinking they were funny. Yeah, or like someone else made. Uh, but mostly me. The latest one was you've kind of handed off the reins to true, Chris true, true. now. So, but the, the blooper reels that include me, I find very amusing, <laughs> and which is it's uh, good to have a sense of humor about kind of, yourself. Sure, yeah, yeah, and I, we do. We have a good time. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like it gets it gets a little loopy in the studio after a bunch of production work. Yeah, it's probably the heat. Yeah, it's a true. soundproof room, so it doesn't breathe very well. It doesn't breathe very well, and like we typically, like with weekly iteration for Upcase, we'll do like four at a time. Yeah, um, that's so a like, good two, three hour stretch. Yeah, so at the, towards the end of that, the third or fourth, it's like I'm kind of becoming an, a crazy person. Yeah, I don't know if getting rid of the bells was the best thing. Like you got to walk in the middle, you got to stretch your legs. So we used to get inter- so that we we work in an office building that's sort of near a church, whose bells go off every half hour or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're sur- super annoying every hour, and then they also go off every. 
half hour. Yep, much to the chagrin of Tom, who cares a lot about audio quality. More so to Joe. He he lost his entire train of thought any time that they would go off. It's true. It's true. We have a blooper that's just Joe flipping out at bells. <laughs> a, a blooper reel, rather. Uh huh. So I'm a little obsessed with them. Gotta be <laughs> honest. We can link to those in the show notes. Mm-hmm. See, I can say it too, Tom. <laughs> so, Tom, I want to take a second and tell you about something I like. What's that? It's Digital Ocean. Oh. Yeah. Did you know that Digital Ocean provides simple and fast cloud hosting? I did. I bet you did because you edit this podcast. Every week. Every week. And so you've heard my sad attempts to read ads. Well, now there's two of us. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you can help me. Uh, did you know that they're available for as little as $5 per month? I did. You know, we spend about $5 per month on this podcast. <laughs> JK. It's more expensive than that. Uh, so as I've mentioned, we use this uh, on Upcase for our Git server, and it's worked great. Yeah. I don't know how to set up a server. Yeah. So if you don't know how to set up a server, this might be for you. Or you. Or Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know how to set up a server either. I'm, uh, it's not my specialty. Uh, so it's built for developers. It doesn't say producers here, but you never know. Oh, I could probably use it if I ever wanted to get my old podcast back up and running there you go host all of my old data you need a box yeah totally actually yeah or for instance i have a i have a little server that i run for just just for irc it runs like a persistent irc connection yeah just so i can chat with other people which i like DigitalOcean has four hundred thousand subscribers that's a lot of subscribers that's nearly as many as this podcast has Mm, I think your math is off. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we have way more than 400,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can choose your operating system, including this operating system known as CoreOS or Coreos or CoreOS, which apparently people use to run systems. It operates them. I use OS ten. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Not on my servers. Uh, there's one click install for things like Django and Docker and Drupal and LAMP and GitLab and MediaWiki and lots of other things. Ruby on Rails, of course, relevant of course. to this audience. Uh, also, Drupal, of course. We have a lot of Drupal listeners out there. Drupal's a Python thing. That's a Python joke. I hate snakes. Sure enough. <laughs> you know what's useful for these servers, Tom, is that there are automatic backups and snapshots, which is good because I mess everything up and I need to be able to fall back at will. And to not have to remember to actually take snapshots or backups, because I don't, generally. People can't see me nodding, but I agree with you. You're totally nodding. (laughs) So it's easy to get started. You can deploy an SSD-powered cloud server in as little as 55 seconds. 55 seconds, $5 per month. It's all fives, except for the nines for uptime. There's four of them. 99.99. That's right. Nailed it. So... If you're interested, head on over to DigitalOcean.com to learn more. And when you sign up, make sure to use our very special code, Giant Robots, with a giant, giant G, G giant R. and a giant R, <laughs> at checkout for a $10 credit towards your new account. And so they know that we sent you and that we're awesome and you're awesome. So thank you to DigitalOcean for supporting this show. So you you did a little a gist of like what you do in your investment time. Yeah. You don't uh, get sort of the typical 20% investment time, but you do interesting. You take on your, your own projects and do your own things. Yeah, here and there, if I've got like an hour or so at the end of the day. So it might still add up to one day a week. It's just not all day Friday. Right, because you have a production schedule, yeah. basically. It, it took a little bit of time to come to terms with that. Yeah. Because it's just like everyone's hanging around the office and working on projects together. And, but it it all gets done. Yes. Yeah. It's good. That's. I mean, my goal when we hired a producer was something that you've totally achieved, which is that like the stuff happens on time and goes out when it's supposed to and all that like it just it just runs smoothly 
uh, and I don't need to think about it personally. <laughs> so I can hold on to that. Your lack welcome. of responsibility <laughs> and lack of show note writing -ness. Um But you're also, uh, you participate a lot in the Wistia community. Right? Uh, here and there, not as much as I would like to, but yeah, the videos that we serve are upcase channel through is a service called Wistia, which is pretty nice. I have very few complaints about them. They're not as intrusive as if we just put them up on YouTube and then deep link them. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's a great combination of kind of what I do now. So as I've stepped into this role, they've been there with both video and marketing advice. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a really unique blend and they have a great personality and they're local and totally. We've had them on the podcast actually. Have we? Yeah. Uh, let's look it up. Uh, Must have been before my time. Yeah. Episode 65. Ooh. Title is No Videos Private. <laughs> uh, it was me talking with Chris Savage and Brendan Schwartz um, okay. about Wistia. I forget how I met those guys, uh, but they're awesome. They are great. They're they super... have since started their own conference as well. Uh-huh. Wistia Fest. I went to the first year of that. Nice. It was... Learned a lot. We, we brought a lot of techniques and tips and tricks from that back into our own workflow so that's thank awesome. you guys for hosting that and i'm still waiting for my t-shirt oh <laughs> all right they I, didn't they didn't provide t-shirts but they had some for the staff and they were fabulous and you were asking if you could get one uh -huh. you could i bet they'd do it they seem really friendly over there like i know uh brendan and chris are both really nice people and they their company seems to have been formed in their image yeah like you, you can just like feel through their blog posts and their videos and all that like it just seems like a really good group of people and once a month or so they open up their doors and just do a happy hour so oh, nice if you're around cambridge you can just come up and grab some appetizers and some drinks and hang out with the crew super cool yeah yeah that's awesome they also have a dog named Lenny that walks around the office that looks a lot like Gandalf. I would, God, I wish we had a dog in the Boston office. I call him Gandog. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that would be like, that's like the last lifestyle improvement that I want for this place. <laughs> I, I, I ordered the ping pong table, so we got that now. But uh, Be the change you want to see. Right. If you just start bringing a dog. I think it's not going to happen. <laughs> I think the ship has sailed. There, I think there are a few people with allergies, and it's just, that's tough. I don't think there's enough support from the, the people, the proletariat. I'm indifferent, but I just don't want to pick up any poo. Sure. I mean, that's sort of like a baseline is like good behavior is certainly a requirement. Of course. But you're right. I guess there is definitely a, a, a tendency of if you just start doing a thing, then suddenly doing a thing becomes okay around these parts. Eventually enough new people will show up that it will always have been that way. Right. It's like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> totally true. You just got to churn out a bunch of people. <laughs> Uh, so you also have been teaching yourself a little bit of code on the side. Here and there. It's good just to have a shared vocabulary with your coworkers. Yep. So most of the terminology I've just picked up from sheer osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> just being around this content all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did some code school work. Some you tried to read the maybe Haskell book. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great like beginner book. No, no. But I figured I have I was kind of a blank slate in terms of anything above a scripting language. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I don't really have these baked in OO concepts, mm. so maybe it would make it easier. Mm. But then when you need like three lines to add two numbers together, I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. But yeah, I like JavaScript. I I can see some useful things i'm more visually oriented so i like the idea of being able to write code but make it do things with visuals mm -hmm. so i do use some scripting in after effects mm -hmm. so 
there it's a direct correlation on just writing code on how a video renders. There's no user interaction, but you can get more automated features mm -hmm. just in like in the last video that I did, we, we sometimes do videos for clients that mm -hmm. we, uh, we have through. So the last one that I did for ship IO, there was a lot of graphics coming in and like Slack notifications dropping out of the sky. So it would like bounce a little bit above somebody's head. So, you know, there's a script that makes it bounce. So I don't have to keyframe every little mm. to try and simulate gravity. Yeah. That's there's, cool. Somebody else wrote a plugin that already does that. Yeah. So. Well, like you mentioned, you mentioned vocabulary, and it's been interesting to see your vocabulary get more accurate. At least my puns. Well, <laughs> that makes me sad. Um, but uh, no, but just like in Slack or talking to you, like it starts off like you would just sort of like use like, oh, we should push that up somewhere like not quite right. And then it got more right and then more right. And now it's like, <laughs> okay, now I think you're using push correctly. Okay. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's awesome. I think that's great that you like took the initiative to go do that. And also, it sort of fits my um, theory, which is that anyone that works at ThoughtBot that doesn't use Git will eventually use Git. Oh, I every day now for yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. It's like you, you think this position doesn't require you know Git knowledge, but eventually it, it always does. I think Markdown has been my favorite pickup uh -huh. from working here. Markdown's great. It so is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we mark down all the things pretty much. I want it to replace all of my email clients. I, I want it implemented in Basecamp when we use that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably shooting too high. Well, there's sort of a Basecamp clone kind of coming out of the... I didn't want to mention it. I don't know how public it is right now. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's not it's not a public thing. It's an internal thing. But I, I think it was basically started because you couldn't use Markdown in, in Basecamp. <laughs> and we have a bunch of programmers that like making stuff. So it was like, we demand Markdown. We will build our own thing. Yeah. We should build our own text editor as well. Should we? Not... Not like to the same level as Vim, but just like I use Mao, Moo, M-O-U okay. as my, my Markdown writer. Uh huh. Goose recommended it because it's really lightweight, uh -huh. but it doesn't have things like if I'm, if I'm writing something up in to like notate JavaScript, my code blocks, I can't put in JavaScript uh, mm -hmm. like you can on GitHub. For the most part, it's great. Like I do all of our show notes in it because our... Simplecast, our hosting client, supports Markdown notes, which is great. Mm -hmm. So I use that. But if we had our own, then I could also, you know, make the JavaScript code blocks all nice and pretty. Sure. <laughs> so changing gears uh, really quickly, if someone were listening to this and were interested in starting their own podcast, okay, what would you, what would you point them towards in terms of software and hardware as like a basic just getting started kind of rig? Well, you can start your own podcast for essentially free mm -hmm. if you have a computer, mm -hmm. like. I think any Apple laptop at this point comes with GarageBand. So like even the Airs, you can get those set up and running and recording. Mm -hmm. And that gives you enough flexibility. Like there's some recording programs that you can just say, I want to record off of this interface, but then they won't let you pick a channel. Whereas right now there's two of us talking. So we have two channels running and they're two separate recording files mm -hmm. so that they can be easily edited after the fact. Yeah. GarageBand can not only record, but you can also do your editing in there. Levelator that I mentioned earlier is a free service that 90% of the time will make your audio sound better. Mm -hmm. If you're in a really noisy room and you stop talking, it's going to try and elevate that. You know, So you have, yeah, there yeah. are edge cases for it. Um, so I do have a conference proposal that I've sent out to a couple of different podcasting conferences called Podcasting for $0 Down that addresses just this. And my first podcasting setup was just a 2009 iMac that I had had 
for years, and that was still powerful enough to run it. Yeah, uh, we were running Skype and a whole load of behind the scenes routing trickery, but they were all free programs, like taking the Skype line and assigning it to something called Soundflower, which is a digital. This is too much. <laughs> too, right. too specific. Yeah. There's there's free resources out there. Uh, you can essentially get started with your laptop and a $30 USB headset. There we go. If you want more specifics, feel free to tweet me and I will be happy to help you. <laughs> okay. So it's not hard. The software is pretty easy to come by. GarageBand, buy a cheap USB headset yep. and you're on your way. Yeah, pretty much. What's that program that you use for doing the double end recording that we're trying out in beta? PodClear. There'll be a guest on in a couple of weeks. Oh, groovy. Yeah. So yeah, there's a new app out now and right now it's a standalone app but they just went through the process of making it all web-based called PodClear, and they essentially you send out this invite to a guest and they get a code to come join your call so it's all hosted it supplants skype it supplants your recording program hmm. and instead of you hoping that skype doesn't crash or get laggy as it will usually do with more than two callers or international calls Mm -hmm. and it just records locally both ends of the conversation you leave the program open after you're done recording it uploads it to a central server and then gives whoever the username on the account is an email when it's done being synced hey come download your files and all of your recording has been done for you very cool yeah Sounds like a nice improvement over the current workflow. Because we, we, we sometimes will do double... So it, it does double-ended recording, right? So like you record on each end? Yes, and triple or quadruple or okay. however many guests that you want to have. Which is nice rather than trying to get one place to sound perfect. You can record all of them where they are. Right. Again, the better the microphone, the better the room that you're in, mm-hmm. the better it's going to be. Sure. But you're not relying on internet yep. latency to remain perfect right which gets really bad like i said after more than one caller totally so they will all sound as good as they can in their room but you also get all these individual tracks instead of like if i was on skype right now and we invited somebody else from skype it would our local program would just record you on the microphone and skype Mm -hmm. so this gives us way more flexibility awesome especially in the coming months with a lot of our podcasts no longer being recorded here in Boston. Right. As Gordon's going to be on the road for build phase and tentative is already, they're doing their own recordings. Mm-hmm. Makes it a lot simpler than needing one of me in every right. office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our setup here is pretty fancy in Boston. So it's nice to be able to just have something easy to do. Yeah. That'll work. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, you actually t- pointed people to show notes. Well, and, uh, it goes without saying, today's show was produced and edited by Tom Obarski and co-hosted and guested by Tom Obarski. Yeah. I'm just looking over now to make sure that the recording was actually going since I'm not sitting in my usual spot. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. But I'm glad you didn't forget. If you would like to access the show notes for this episode and check out Tom's IMDB page, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 158. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.